0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the JP2 Morning Crew. My name is Eddie Madueño, coming to you from the JP2 Radio Studio. Co-hosting with me this morning is my good friend Steve Sponskowski. Uh, Before we begin, I want to thank carsforbabies.org for the work in supporting the pro-life community and pregnancy centers. Uh, you can support carsforbabies.org by donating your unwanted vehicle to carsforbabies.org. So today we're privileged to be hosting Cy Kellett. Cy is a really good friend of JP2 Radio. Uh, Cy Kellett is the host of Catholic Answers Live, which you can hear uh, weekdays on JP2 Radio, weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, Cy is an author. Uh, His latest book is A Teacher of Strange Things. Uh, addresses important questions about our faith, like who Jesus was, what he taught, and why people still follow him. His book is available at catholic.com and on amazon.com. We also hope to explore Cy's life outside of Catholic media with his wife, uh, Missy, and their three children. So, welcome, Sai Kellett.
1: Hey, uh, Eddie, thank you very, very much.
0: So, Sai, as we get started, can you please lead us in prayer?
1: Oh, sure. I would be happy to. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you're a giver of gifts and a healer. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for this day. Heal us where we need healing. Please heal all those listeners who are in need of your healing today. As we pray, as you taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Sai. So, Sai, I know that a lot of our listeners are very familiar with you. Uh, you're you're on the ears uh, Monday through Friday from three to five p.m. on JP Two Radio. But uh, can you please tell us uh, just a little bit more about yourself?
1: Uh, well, I, w- I was interesting. You said my life outside of Catholic media. I'm like, yeah, I go home, I have dinner, I go to bed. That's <laughs> I'm the most boring person, <laughs> Eddie. Uh, but uh, I've been doing this at Catholic uh, Answers for about seven years. And before that, I was with Immaculate Heart Radio. And, and before that, I uh, was the editor of San Diego's Diocesan Newspaper, uh, the Southern Cross. And so I really am a Catholic media guy for pretty much my entire adult life. Um, and I, 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 what I've seen is a revolution in Catholic media. Like we're this is right here, what we're doing right now. This is a revolution, local Catholic radio, uh, sharing the good news, sharing the fullness of the gospel with people. So I feel like I've gotten to live in a blessed time. If you got into catholic media you know in in the late 1990s uh, it's been just blessing after blessing
0: yeah outstanding uh i know that uh i had the the privilege of, of visiting the catholic cancers uh, facility a couple of years ago and uh you were on air and i was able to join you in studio and and ask a question on her. so that that was really an exciting time and uh, you're you're definitely not a boring guy, Sai. I, I sat with you at the last uh, JP2 uh, benefit dinner, so um,
1: you definitely got you, a lot to say. You drew the short straw on that one, but I got to thank you, Eddie, uh, for my rosary. Uh, it's it hangs on the wall in of my office. You made me a beautiful rosary, Eddie, and, and you do make beautiful. I probably shouldn't tell people that because now they're going to want you to make them. Uh, you're going to be <laughs> it'll be a full time job for you, but uh, yeah, thank you for that, Eddie.
0: Oh no! I, I I'm I'm blessed, and and uh, I definitely uh, use the bragging rights and tell people that uh yeah I I made a rosary for Syke from Catholic Answers, so yeah, I use it to my is. advantage.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. Good.
0: <laughs> so, uh, how about a little background? You know, you, like you said, you've been in Catholic media. That that's really what you do. So, but can you tell us a bit a little about about your road to Catholic Answers?
1: Um. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, uh, at, at some point when I, I, you know, I started my college career at at, at University of San Diego and uh, had a course there uh, that where we read, I remember we read Michael Novak, uh, The Ascent of the Mountain, Flight of the Dove, and then we read Thomas Merton. And I became afflicted with thomas merton i mean uh his seven story mountain just captured like like uh, it's a story seven story mountain you know uh i think written in the late 1940s a story of a modern young man uh discovering faith uh really a very secular person discovering the faith and then becoming a trappist monk uh for generations of catholic young men it lit the fire uh and it, it lit the fire in me uh so Uh, I transferred to Boston College and studied theology. And in a theology there uh, with a wonderful, wonderful theologian and teacher, uh, Fred Lawrence, one day he was um, talking about the gospel. I was sitting in class and I can remember, and people talk about their conversion experience. And I was already a Catholic my whole life, but I feel like this moment was my conversion experience because I just knew in my heart in a way that didn't come from me that everything he was saying is true. I just knew this is not a story. This is not just a, another religion. This is the truth. And uh, and that set me on a, a journey. And that journey included teaching in Catholic school. It included living in a Catholic worker house, which is a, uh, you know, it's a house for caring for the poor, basically caring for uh, those who live on the street, uh, caring for the elderly, uh, that was a magnificent experience and all and then at, the, at some point while I'm at the Catholic Worker House I I realized that for years and years I had been writing every day and I and I decided I wanted to study writing so I got a degree in literature from the University of Massachusetts and so now I had an undergraduate degree in theology and a, and a graduate degree in literature and that qualifies you for let me just add up the number of none, none professions, zero professions, and uh, so. Uh, but actually, it did qualify me for one thing uh, to work in Catholic media. So I went to work for a Catholic newspaper, came back here with to San Diego with my wife and two daughters at the time, and uh, and that. So that's kind of the the route that ended me up uh, in uh, Catholic media, and I still know it's all true. I still know Jesus is the Lord, and I am the most blessed person in the world that my job is to talk about him every day. Beautiful. And how long have you been with Catholic counselors? Uh, it'll be seven years in in January. If you ever like need to be like, when did I start? Okay, the same day that I started here, Donald Trump was uh, inaugurated president. So uh, we both started on the same day. You're still here. Uh, but I'm still here. I wasn't going to say that, Eddie. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not saying I face the challenges he faces, but I always, like if I got to remember uh, how long have I been here? I just go, well, when was uh, Donald Trump inaugurated? That was the day I started.
0: You know, you joke that, you know, you don't face the challenges, you know, that, that a, a president does. But one of the things I I've always loved about Catholic answers is when you invite callers who, who like aren't Catholic or, Oh yeah. Are pro-choice and things like that, and you take them on, so uh, you know, you guys have untold numbers of people
1: Well, that's one of the fascinating things about Catholic Answers for me, is that we have all these listeners and, and I'm sure that it's it's the case for uh, JP2 Catholic Radio too, that the, we have listeners who disagree profoundly with us and, and I hope they find a place here that respects them and doesn't treat uh, you know, the problem or something. It's it, But it, it's an invitation that we're offering. That's all we're offering is an invitation to consider uh, the man Jesus and his claims. And uh, if you find out that he's God, uh, to to let him shower his gifts of grace on you.
2: Awesome, that's great. If you just joined us, we're listening, we're listening, you're hearing the voice and seeing the face of Cy Kellett here on JP2 Catholic Radio, our JP2 morning crew. Um, and you mentioned the having this conversion experience and, and really talking about Jesus. Going back to your book, "A Teacher of Strange Things," uh, who who Jesus was, what he taught, and why people still follow him. Uh, th- some pretty pretty profound questions there, Si. Um, and you know, the, the who Jesus was as you kind of just talked about that. He's kind of our Savior, and our Lord, and it's exciting to talk about him um, because we do believe in him. What he taught is something we're we're all still. Um, unpacking through our Catholic faith through the journey and understanding that. Um, I'm going to go to the third question. How do you answer that question? Why do people still follow Jesus?
1: You know, the primary reason that people still follow Jesus is uh, the reason Peter followed Jesus. And I use Peter as the example in there. And it starts with Andrew, his brother, saying uh, some of the most beautiful words in the history of the world to Peter. uh, We have found the Messiah. And so somebody has to tell you that that's it's a it's a very, um, you know, God has put the good news into human hands. And if people won't share it, then then people won't know it. And so somebody has to tell you somebody. And, you know, in our case, those of us who were who started out Catholic. Well, you know, the sisters who taught us uh, our our first communion, you know, got us ready for our first communion, and our mom and our dad, and and those priests and and our aunts and uncle. You know, the, the, we started hearing uh, at a very early age. For other people, sometimes it's uh, you know quite surprising to them that someone tells them about Jesus, and they and and you know, no one comes to Jesus except that the Father calls, and and the Father calls at surprising times. Uh, but the father depends on us Uh, for, I don't know why he did it that way. He didn't, he never called me up and told me, uh, this is why I did it that way, but he put the good news into human hands. And so somebody has to tell you, and this is the first thing about why people follow Jesus is someone tells them about Jesus. And it's better if that person is credible. It's better if that person is not a a wacky TV preacher who, who's wants your money. Um, uh, but sometimes even wacky TV preachers <laughs> actually bring people to Jesus, you know, because he, you, it just needs to start. Somebody has to tell you. Uh, and then uh, you have to become uh, interested. And then if you become interested, you start asking questions. You might begin to pray and praying is the uh, is what is really what Catholics mean by conversion, conversion. You know, a lot of times. Protestants mean by conversion that initial, somebody told me about Jesus and I believe. But what we mean by conversion is the slow process of the changing of your heart to be like the heart of Jesus. And the only way to do that is is prayer. Uh, And and then you get called into communion. And you, you meet him in the sacraments. And that gives you the power to do the thing that starts the whole process over again. You go out and tell somebody else about Jesus. And uh, and so that's it. All I just tried to do is exactly what you read in, in the documents of the Second Vatican Council. How do people uh, come to Jesus? It's a simple four-step process. They meet him. They choose to follow him and become like him by prayer. They enter into communion with him, and then they go out and tell somebody else.
2: You know, it's interesting that the point that you make there, too, is, is I hadn't thought about that. Andrew was the, well, I know Andrew was the one who invited Peter to know Jesus, but to say that he is the Messiah. And then then later, right, they're having this conversation and Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. 16, 16. And that's where he, you know, that proclamation, we have come to know that you are the Messiah. So he repeats what Andrew yep. said, But like you said, he had to come to know that for himself. Come. Yeah in that process of, of drawing close to Jesus
1: and those three years with Jesus really, even Andrew, I mean, so all, all the, I mean, I think we are meant to see that as uh, their deepening in their understanding of the mystery of Jesus, that, that the person of Jesus uh, is, is presented to them uh, by John the Baptist, you, you know, who Andrew was a follower of uh, as the Messiah Uh, But they have to come to understand what that means and and what it means, not just that he's the son of God, but that he is, in fact, the Lord. Um, And so they come to call him Messiah and Lord. And and uh, and that's how they end up going out and sharing him. But, yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. And I think a lot of us have experienced that, you know, who he is, but you don't know who he is until you walk with him, and the longer you walk with him, the more you know who he is. So Peter's confession is, is deeper than Andrew's confession at the beginning.
2: Well, and if, you, if, if, if folks, if you're listening right now, we're, we're visiting with Cy Kellett. He is the host of Catholic Cancer's Live. Uh, we're visiting now on JP2 Morning Crew, uh, Steve Splenskowski here, along with Eddie Meduino. And, and we're talking about his book, uh, A Teacher of Strange Things, uh, Who Jesus Was, What He Taught, and Why People Still Follow Him. And this kind of segues also into a conversation about the Eucharistic Revival, which we're part of. And I think one of the real questions is that goes back to the question of why do people not believe in the Eucharist? Um, well, of course, if we don't know who Jesus is, uh, we don't really care what he taught. Um, and so though we're not going to follow him. But if we, I, I think it's, this takes us to the next step here, Cy, si, as you know, that, that experience in, in John, uh, the Bread of Life discourse. Where Jesus tells, if you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And and then they, many of them left him at that point. And he turns to Peter, right, and says, "Will you go too?"
1: And Peter says, "Well, no, I understand perfectly what you said, Lord. It's all perfectly clear to me, and I have no problem with it." Or wait a second, he says, "Lord, where shall we go?" meaning I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I have no idea but he doesn't follow because he understands where Jesus is leading him he follows because he knows who Jesus is at that point he and I don't mean knows in the sense that he could articulate he's the second person of the trinity and I mean he knows that the mystery of this person is the mystery of God and there that's what he means when he says you have the words of eternal life that uh that if i let go of this man i let go of god and whatever that means i'm not going to do that i'm not letting go of him even if he says eat his flesh and drink his blood
2: yeah so that that's actually the the second testament him saying before in matthew you know or actually a different book of matthew but in the back of matthew he says you know we have come to know you are the messiah and here in john he's like I still believe you are the Messiah. I don't where else would we go? Um, yeah. Right. right. And so it's a it, it, thing interesting thing in John 6:66 6, 6, 6 is when they leave him and John 6:68 6, is when Peter makes that that statement, where else should we go, Lord? Um, and oftentimes I believe that number 8 is considered that that a sign of the resurrection kind of that. 7 is perfect. Oh yeah. the Next level of of the resurrection. Um, and so, what's uh, well, one of the great things that you bring up here, to say And we go back in our Catholic faith uh, to the teachings of Jesus Christ, which are recorded for us in Scripture, um, and really broken down and 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 made available to us through our Catholic faith, through our understanding of that Scripture. And and so, it's, what a great uh, a great um, exercise to go back and read Scripture, and as you're doing with this book, um, you know, taking that and talking about what Jesus really taught, because that is what brings life. That's what brings us life.
1: Amen. He's, that, that's what he does. He left us wonderful gifts. Uh, and, and, and that's the, the thing about, uh, I didn't actually come out and say it in the book, but the strange things that Jesus teaches are sacraments. Uh, those are, they don't uh, have any other uh, parallel in this world. Uh, they are the breaking in of heaven into this world. They are very, very strange and uh everyone should uh celebrate them everyone should be baptized and receive the eucharist uh, and I, I you know we did this thing uh steve where we asked our listeners um about a bunch of things that are going on in the church and are you happy about these things or or, 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 or do they bother you and all that and the the only thing going on in the church where it was uh, it was all it was virtually 100 percent agreement this is a great thing was the eucharistic revival Everybody knows this is exactly what we need, is a Eucharistic revival.
2: You know, it's interesting. I was listening uh, or speaking to somebody who had a Bishop Cousins, uh, who is, of course, uh, leading the Eucharistic revival, was giving a talk in in my area the other day, and and just talking about how the Eucharistic revival requires, it's a process. So he was saying the Eucharistic revival is that invitation for us to look to, to Jesus and say, um, you know, let me help me to know you. And then when we come to this conference next year, um, we're going to all gather into a space and get down on our knees before Jesus and the Eucharist and say, help us all to know you. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to come and inspire us all and show us together where we go from there. But you know what's interesting, it's a three-step process, but the first step is each one of us has to step forward and say, Jesus, I want to know you.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen to that. I love it. For some reason, I just I got excited when you mentioned the Holy Spirit there, because I think people are—well, um, let's just put it this way. The Holy Spirit surprises us, and we should be ready now uh, to be surprised. Uh, if we pray to know Jesus and that the world will know Jesus in the Eucharist, uh, and, we really, and, and that's the prayer of, of the church— uh, to get ready, the Holy Spirit is about to get moving. Uh, the, the, there's the, Nothing's going to hold that back.
2: Absolutely. Folks, if you're just joining us, you're hearing the voice and seeing the face of Cy Kellett if you're watching the video or listening on JP2 Catholic Radio. This is a JP2 Morning Crew. Steve Sponskowski here along also with Eddie Meduino and uh, having a great yes. conversation with you, So,
0: And, and speaking of, of your latest book, A Teacher of Strange Things, I want to let everyone know that it's available at catholic.com and also on amazon.com if they want to get that book. Uh, Say something that uh, really caught my interest when I read a description of your book is there's a little section that talks about it's time to put away the small, safe version of Jesus. The, you know, love one another, don't judge uh, each other. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about the putting aside uh at least temporarily that, that safe version of Jesus?
1: Well, uh, you know, it's, I guess it, it's funny when you were saying that, that I was thinking of C.S. Lewis, who, you know, in the Chronicles of Narnia, he's not a tame lion. And that, that's something people have to learn about Aslan, who's the, who's the figure of Jesus in, in those books. And, and, you know i think we have in many ways we have a small safe version of jesus because we've sought so much comfort and safety in the world that you know that um uh, you know i like you may have noticed i pray for healing uh, to jesus because uh, the world needs healing but i think in general we have forgotten that jesus is a healer and it's good to go to a doctor and it's good to go to your you know, psychiatrists, if you have uh, mental uh, difficulties or it's good to, you know, uh, get your insulin shot. I, I'm not saying anything against the medical profession, but we as Christians have forgotten that Christ is a healer and that he comes with healing power for people. He heals marriages. He heals uh, lives that are in despair. He heals uh, physically. Uh, and and that now, now I'm, I'm, I, we always, as Catholics, we're so careful that we're not preaching a, a, a prosperity gospel that, you know, just uh, if you have enough faith, then then you'll get everything. That's not how Jesus works. He's not a machine for giving you everything you want, but he is a Lord who gives healing. And so he, uh, he'll heal you in his way and he'll heal you what he knows you need to be healed of. What you need to do is trust that he's a healer and trust that if your marriage needs healing, he'll heal it. If your life needs healing, he'll heal it. If your body needs healing, your soul needs healing, he's a healer. And so uh, I, I just don't, I think we have forgotten, like, and I, I, I focus on the healing and mostly because that's when you read the gospels, that's where Jesus begins, you know, that he went about healing everyone who, all, the, that's what it says in St. Matthew's gospel, all those who came to him. So In the modern world where we've forgotten about Jesus, maybe we Christians should start thinking about healing all those who come to us and offering the the healing Lord to them. And the reason we don't do it is I think we don't trust in him uh, because we have a very small, you know, Jesus is in this compartment in my life. He's not in that compartment. Well, he's going to, if you let him, what he brings is the fullness of life. And then you can stop having all those compartments. You can just have a full life.
2: I love what you're saying there, Sai. That that healing and beginning with that that healing, and I think that is a great point. And oftentimes we think healing is so beyond us that we can't participate in that. But I think something in, as our listeners, and I think I'll be per, I'm going to be reflecting on this for the rest of the day. Is you know how do I bring healing into those in my life? You're asking the Lord the question there, because it can be very basic of saying, Lord. Can you heal this relationship can you heal this situation and as you said of course he wants to do that but he he's a gentleman he waits
1: for us for that he He does yeah here let me uh, this is for all the the californians try being a healer uh when you're driving in traffic when somebody, uh, you know, makes a mistake that, that other people honk at them for, maybe you could smile and, and forgive and say, I've made mistakes uh, too. And you, instead of going, oh, that jerk, that, and you know, you don't say jerk, you say a worse word than that. Uh, you know, like, I, and I say that because I am constantly saying to the Lord, you've given me all these gifts, these sacraments, all this healing in my life. I get in the car and then I'm a jerk when somebody cuts me out, like like lord what is wrong with me and and so i would say you know in these situations where we all have frustrations in the modern world like at the grocery checkout counter when the person in front of you is is unbearably slow and and difficult hey, there's a moment for some healing right there you know to to just offer peace into a situation where everybody else is offering just frustration and and and, and anger
2: you know, when you say we in that grocery line, it makes me laugh because sometimes I've been in the confessional line and thinking angry thoughts about the people who are taking a long time in front of me thinking, Wait a minute,
1: Steve, you're gonna have to confess this if you don't settle down here. Yeah. Dude, I've been in that same confession line then. I think we go to the same church because these <laughs> I'm like, hey, number and kind, that's all you got to do. What's going on in there? But uh, yeah, that's, that's right. It's like we can't, even when the Lord himself is in the process of healing other people, we're like, could you get out of the way? Because I got I got stuff to do after this.
0: You know, uh, we we all laugh. I think we've all experienced, you know, we've all experienced like road rage, you know, issues like that. Yeah. But you see some of that. And our, our Father Ed, one of our priests talked about it last week you see some of that leaving church on Sunday in the parking oh, yeah. lots where people aren't exactly uh, full of charity in, in letting the parking lots empty out. So uh, we need constant reminders. Uh, there there's, there's countless opportunities to practice that healing you're talking about. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The way people kind
1: of act. So That reminds me when I was a kid uh, on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, we'd go to uh, mass And Cape Cod is full of people in the summer and and it doesn't have people in the winter. So then like the church parking lot is cramped in the summer. And I, I can still remember as a child, like maybe first grade, the priest would say at the end of mass, you know, he would remind people who they just received and say, you can make it out of the parking lot without yelling at anybody, without cutting anybody. You can do it. You can, you have the risen Lord within you. You can, and I always thought, well, that's it, you know, and then you'd get to the parking lot and some people wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't mm. make it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, Saya, uh, you've been working in Catholic media and working in evangelization for a long time, because that's what Catholic media is. Um, I was visiting with a gentleman the other day who had worse use, had worked in the church for many years and, and now it works in the secular world. And he had mentioned how he, he said, coming from working in the church to working in, in the world, um, he says, I realize how disconnected the church is from people who are in the world. And so we had a kind of a long conversation, but I was reflecting on that, praying on that uh, a little yesterday. And, and it kind of came to me, and I want, I want your thoughts on this, a sense of that, really, if we look at the state of the church today, the church is a reflection of society. And in many ways, society is a reflection of the church. We, we know that the church is is holy in her head, which is Jesus, hmm. but she's broken in her body, which is us. Um, and so to say that the church is disconnected from the world, it almost seems like that's not possible because there's a reflection. If you see what's going on in, in the church, inside the church, and then you see what's going on in the world, you actually see kind of a reflection there. Um, do you have any thoughts? How does that strike you? Is that, is that insane or, or, or are we disconnected from the world?
1: Well, I, you know, Steve, I think um, if you think, I, I mean, it's going to be a kind of a weird answer. But if you think about it, it's exactly 200 years uh, since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And what the Industrial Revolution did was create separations uh, between work and home, where people used to be on the farm. Now they're in the factory. Uh, it's, it created separations between men and women because of that, because of that other separation. It, it created all these um, separations so that I, I think that all that, they're, that, that people are pointing to when they say the church is separate from the world is, look, th- that's true of all the different parts of your life, you know, that we, we just feel shattered because there's something shattering about modern life. But the world, I do think that we are discovering, and I don't know if this is kind of where where you're, what you're getting at. We're discovering that if you try to de-Christianize the world, you don't make it better. And I think even secular people should start to recognize this. You don't get uh, better families. You don't get better towns. You don't get a better society. You don't get... uh, um, you know, um, emptier prisons or uh, happier lives, uh, de-Christianizing uh, this separation of of uh, of church and life so that fewer and fewer people bother with God at all, it's not going well. And I, that might be what, what people are pointing to and that uh, uh, we... Christ has to be brought back to these places where he's missing. Um, and he won't be brought back in the same way as before. We're not getting, you know, the 1910s back. Don't worry, that's not coming back. Because um, uh, he's ever new and he's ever interesting. And, vi- and so we have to be ready for the new ways. But but I feel really sympathetic to the fact that people do feel their lives are compartmentalized. They really do. and. I think that comment is actually more just a reflection of that than anything else.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we need to be drawn together. And Jesus is the one who draws us together in the Eucharist. Communion together uh, is, is the goal. So yeah, Cy, yeah. thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been an awesome conversation.
1: I love talking with you guys. Thank you very, very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, our, our guest today was Cy Kellett, host of Catholic Answers Live, which you can listen to. On JP2 Radio weekdays at 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. Again, Cy the author of A Teacher of Strange Things, available on Catholic.com and Amazon.com. We also want to thank CarsforBabies.org. That's CarsforBabies.org for all the work they do in the pro life community. Also want to remind our listeners about the JP2 Catholic Radio Benefit Dinner, which will uh, feature Father John Ricardo. Be held at the St. Mary Parish Center in El Central on Friday, November 17th. Tickets are available online at jp2radio.com. Please stay tuned. Up next on the station is Life is Worth Living with Archbishop Fulton Sheen right here on the JP2 Catholic Radio Network. So please stay tuned.